Is I got shoes to put on my feet. Need yes, to yes. need to do a acapella version. They do, they do. Good morning. Good Welcome morning back. and happy Sabbath and happy day. Oh yes. As we are uh, here with another episode of the Sabbath Morning Show. What is this? Episode uh 12? 12. 12, 12. 12 man. We I think we actually doing something. We are 12 like the disciples, like the tribes of Israel. Like I, I feel like we're doing something. <laughs> I think we're doing something. We having fun bringing y'all what's happening in the world, what's happening in the city. What's the happening? What's happening? That's you gotta right. You got to say it like the ATL style. What's happening? <laughs> what it is and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm your host, Chuck, and this is the other great host over there. Boom. Oh. Uh, See, got us both this week. Got us both. Uh, and we are here to, as we said, tell you what's going on in the world, but of course, leave you with some some laughs, some love, some joy, and just try to make sense of it all from uh, just two Christian brothers. Yeah, you know, we got to figure out what's, what's really, really good. That's right. That's right. So, so what we got going on the show this week? So this week, man, it's a lot of stuff to happen this week. A lot of stuff. I feel like there's a lot of stuff every time we we get to a place where we're like, all right, all right, now we can kind of settle down. You're like, nope. Because, uh, uh, you know, we I had a long list. Long list. Um, and, you know. It's just a lot, bro. So we got news from uh, Brianna Taylor, mm. um, which, you know, unfortunately, that's that's not over. Um, what else we got? <clears throat> we got the. We still got voting. <laughs> we still got. Uh, we still got to do that. <laughs> yeah, still got to talk about that. And of course, today is ninety-five thesis day. Or as you people may know it, Halloween. <laughs> Bro, like, when you said 95 Thesis Day, I was like, That's, that, I guess I guess you had to have gone to a Christian university to appreciate that. <laughs> I was just kind of like, what? <laughs> I had to look, no lie, I had to look it up. I was like, 95 Thesis Day. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's some seventh level stuff. we're gonna talk about it all but go ahead and bless us with a prayer oh kind and gracious heavenly father we thank you for your grace your mercy your kindness your love and your forgiveness help us to uh encourage and bless someone else amen 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 i'm like 95 (laughs) thesis day bro like who who is (laughs) what Happy Sabbath out there. We see you watching. We appreciate it. Right. Remember to like, share. Mm-hmm. Uh, send a text message to your homeboys or your homegirls. Say, hey, you need to check this out. Sabbath morning show. Eat some eat some breakfast while you watch. Yeah, what you what you what what you eating for breakfast this morning? I ain't had mine yet. I had it yet, but I'm gonna eat some uh, nice little, you know, family breakfast, little omelet, little Little uh, veggie meat, some pancakes, you know, nice little, <laughs> nice little way to get the day started, even if it's after the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
so yeah, so we gonna we gonna we gonna get into it. We want to let you know that today our guest is none other than Andrew Pelegi. Listen, bro. <laughs> say it. Say it. Pelegi. That's what I said. <laughs> yes, it's Andrew Pelegi. He's joining us this week. We are excited to have him on the show. Coming all the way from Oakwood. Oakwood. Happening down oh, you? campus. So uh, check it out. So I used to tell people, they was like, oh, where'd you go to college? I went to OU. They said, oh, for real? Like, was you in a pastor such and such class? I was like, excuse me? Oakland University down the street here. What you talking about? <laughs> and it was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the OU, OU we want to talk to you about. I was like, why, what's wrong with my OU? It ain't good enough? It's, it's, not, the, it's not the real OU. <laughs> Listen, shout out to my people who went to OU, Oakland University, Rochester, Michigan, huh? The Golden Grizzlies. <laughs> OU? Got to represent, I suppose. <laughs> well, so, yes. yeah, so talk, talking about representing. There we go. Yeah, right. Golden Wild Black. I hope Golden y'all are doing Wild it. Black. If you haven't done uh, it, make sure you do it. Um, speaking of, did you do it? Did you listen, do it? Listen, I'm going to do it. I can't listen, wait to you, exercise you. my right on voting day. I keep saying. All right. Voting day is on the 4th. Okay. Really? You yeah. sure it's the 4th? Yeah, third. What I say. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what got me concerned, man. You, you, you out here spinning fake news, like, yeah, make sure you go vote on the fourth. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 partner. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's yeah. not what we doing. And so, uh, you said, uh, I think, I think when we were talking this week, you were saying what eighty six million people have already voted. More than eighty six million. More I'm than already. 86. Million. I'm, I'm um, already behind the, the yeah the, so the curve a little bit so a lot of data out there saying that this is going to be the uh most voted in elections per capita uh in a while um the the mail-in ballots have already exceeded 55 million something like that mm-hmm. and, uh, um and i think in-person voting um is at about 12 20 something million. So, but there's a, oh, the interesting thing is they said, so they know how many absentee ballots are still out there. Mm-hmm. And they said that there's still 35 million out there. So, if you happen to be one of those 35 million, don't forget to turn your ballot in. Yeah, I don't say don't mail it in at this point. Just, uh, yeah, it's, to, too late. it's too late yeah. to mail. It is don't too do late. <laughs> Don't Too late. It. Please take your ballot to your drop off. We got kids. Always shout out to the kids. We got kids. If y'all didn't know, we do. We are. We are not just two dope brothers talking about <laughs> these Christian issues. We are also two fathers. That's right. So shout, shout out, out to all the fathers. Shout out to all the fathers. Shout out to the wives that are helping make this possible. We need to do like you know. Um, you know, we watch PBS. Yeah. Like this episode is brought to you by the letter M for <laughs> mommy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's that's every episode. These episodes are brought to you by by mommies who wrangle up kids. 
mm-hmm. so that we can do this. So, <clears throat> so yeah, I, go vote and make sure you're voting for your attorney generals because that will play key roles as we're seeing lately, especially in the Breonna Taylor case. I think we have a new development. What's going on with that? Absolutely, man. So just when you thought it was over, you know, obviously the family was not happy. Um, The grand jury, um, which is supposed to be secret, right? So we still don't know who the jurors are, but they have been allowed to... um, give anonymous reports by the judge Mm -hmm. and part of their reporting is that um basically to sum it up they they felt like they were bamboozled the jury did the jury not not, they said that um when they were doing it uh when they were doing the trial that they weren't allowed to see all the evidence that they requested Mm -hmm. um there was video footage of the officers during their interviews, which is key because the claim from the police department was that nobody had on the web, uh, had on a, uh, had on a um, body cam, which Mm -hmm. was also kind of debunked, but not verified. And so the video would have shown them that. So they were only allowed to listen to the audio of the interviews of the officers. They weren't allowed to listen, I mean, to watch it. Then there was some other evidence that they weren't allowed to see. And then the thing that really messed it up was they weren't allowed to um, to um, explore charges for the officers that actually shot Breonna Taylor. Like, that's crazy. And they they thought, you know, they were like, we thought that's what we were looking at. And which which is crazy. They said we we all agreed that there were charges applicable. Mm -hmm. We were just waiting to figure out what charges the prosecutor was going to offer. And guess what? Plot twist. The prosecutor didn't offer any charges. Well, (laughs) from what I heard, though, the the thought was that those they felt were wouldn't be, uh, they wouldn't result in a uh, conviction. So they didn't want to go for a higher. But 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 that's not... It's almost like uh, it's like was it was that his job to do? Right. I mean, he basically acted as a filter, right? Instead of letting the grand jury make that decision, he made the decision. It was like we're only going to bring these charges. Right. I'm going to let you choose from what I chose already. Right. And it's uh, I mean, that's that's sad. And what's interesting though is like you said, it's the jurors that come out and saying this. They're like, yeah. So normally it's like the jurors is like because they the way they promoted it was like the jurors were fair. And this is exactly what they wanted. And then the juror was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> right, that ain't right. what we wanted to do. Because after they saw um, the evidence that was presented to them and the, the case was presented in reverse, uh-huh. what they were saying. And so, which was confusing because they had sat through a trial already. Now they're sitting through this one. And then it, the, all the information came in reverse. So normally how it works is, it's like, here's the suspect. Here's the charges. Here's the evidence. So then they were they went to them and said, "Here's the evidence." And then at the end, it was like, "Here's what we're we're offering this guy up. <laughs> Charge him." And they were like, "Wait, what?" Right, right, right. And so I mean that brings up the the question like, we, yeah, we we've been talking about it. 
Oh, yeah, we go ahead. What's the question? Sorry. No, no, I was the gonna bring up a new comment question. was the question in the comment was was it that they were not allowed or the evidence and charges was selectively prevented? Um I, I want to say it was both because it was select from from um from what the jurors said, it was that the evidence was selectively selectively presented to them. Mm-hmm. And when they when they kind of figured, like, hey, well, where's the rest of it? Like, is there more? They was like, well, yeah. And when they asked, could they see it? Well, we need to see that as part of our process. They were told no. Mm. Just flat out, no. No, no, no. That's that's not what you're looking at. You're not here to look at that. Yeah, and this just seems like another another step or another uh, mark in you know the, the search for, for justice that we've been talking mm-hmm. about uh, since our show, since even before our show started, you know, and it, it begs the question, what does justice look like for, you know, yes. for us? And, and as a Christian, what can, what should we expect? You know, are we, yeah. should we expect justice in this life or should we all, you know, be like, you know what, I'm going to get it when Jesus comes back. That's, and that's, a, that's a hard, that's a hard sale because, um, because of the pain that people endure right now. Mm. Right. And, and it's not, it's a collective pain. It's a collective suffering. And I think a lot of people, um, and I think a lot of our less melanated brothers and sisters aren't keen to that. Like this is a collective trauma, shared trauma that we're all experiencing. And so, you know, that's why it's so visceral to to a lot of us. Um, and then, so, you know, one of the comments now is so, so now what, um, I mean, I think there's two questions. So now what from, you know, the Christians and now what from the actual secular government like how will that respond so the jurors mm-hmm. which is this is again rare and you don't see this kind of stuff happening the jurors are asking for a new prosecutor mm. wow. they, they, they want a new prosecutor sounds like they need one to be honest <laughs> which is, which is, and you don't you don't see that kind of stuff um normally you don't hear from a juror normally you know but but now um they want a new prosecutor. And so, uh, it kinda, again, as the, from the Christian perspective, um, you know, I, I think that's a good question, man. Do we do, is Jesus our, our, our answer? Um, well, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, know. We, we talked about this imbalance in justice and the, the cop that was shot has sued uh, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, I think, for emotional distress, I believe is the exact thing. And, and again, it's like this is happening. So where, where's the where's the justice and, and all that? It's like you broke into my house. <laughs> right. Right. It's, uh, you know, it's something else. And I think, you know, we talk about the, the Christian perspective and, you know, there's a scripture in Proverbs I'm showing on the screen here. And it talks about opening your mouth for the mute and for judge righteously and defending the rights of the afflicted and needy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of our call as Christians to, to call out the, those uh, injustices, but also not to lose hope when we don't see justice uh, served in the way that we, we we know. Right. It's obvious to people that this was uh, uh, something wrong that that happened. And we we, we can't lose hope. We, we see the the uh, pain and sadness, of course, in the black community, but I'm hoping as Christians, no matter what your, your level of melanin, you're seeing right. what's happening and uh, supporting uh, us. We have a comment here uh, where, 
you know, some people are of the mindset just to endorse waiting for Jesus for justice. Um, and I, I think there's a, a balance to both, right? There's a, a restorative justice that we won't see in its fullness until Jesus comes. But I think in the meantime, there's evidence from stories in the Bible where justice was served during, you know, that person's, you know, lifetime. True, true, true. And, and uh, my, the, the verse that I always reflect on, that I've probably reflected on this, the most this year is Isaiah uh, 117, where uh, it says, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the ruthless, mm. defend the fatherless, and plead for the rights of the widow in court. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's scripture. So I, I'm always like surprised, you know, like how do we balance that out? And, and again, like as a social worker, I, I'm obviously one to uh, think that we should be, um, I, I believe in protesting. I believe in advocacy. I believe in, um, um, you know, political awareness campaigns. I believe in all of that. And then um, for me, this scripture brings it back to like, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to people, when I'm um, advocating, um, like, yep, I'm doing the right thing. And so, um, you know, and then, you know, even the, the next verse in that scripture, which a lot of people, I used to hear it a lot, um, and maybe not in the same context, the next verse says, come now, and let us reason together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and I don't see I don't see that happening, right? I don't see either verse seventeen happening or verse eighteen happening, um, which was um, reflective and part of a convers- another conversation I had this week with somebody where um, um, they were like, "Well, everybody's racist." And I was like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> no, not everybody. no, 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 no." But I think the e- the issue is what I said to him was the issue is that we don't people just don't spend more time listening to each other, right? And spend Every- more time to together. Like people think that heaven's going to be the separate place, separate but equal, right? Right. <laughs> but that, that's right. not what right. it's going to be. Man. And again, if we were if we were doing if we were spreading the good news, right, and being embodying those Christian values then we would be able to connect with people through relationships. Um, and, and again, from the Christian perspective, we should be the ones doing most of the listening. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's, that's not, that's not how it works. You know, that, unfortunately, we got a long way to go, brother. We do. We do. We got a but, long way to go. Speak, speaking of other controversies, <laughs> we got, uh, uh, you know, today is October 31st, and we joked about it being the 95 Thesis Day. And I I imagine that uh, not everyone celebrates the 95 Thesis <laughs> on October right. 31st exactly. in the church. <laughs> exactly. Google it. <laughs> and it's actually pretty interesting. It talks about some of the basic, you know, uh, Protestant reasons that, you know, the or at least it was a catalyst, I'll say, for why the Protestant Reformation happened with, you know, not paying indulgences and stay with me. Don't fall asleep. Not paying indulgences, just two points. And, you know, having just faith uh, in Jesus Christ for our salvation. But that's yeah. not what people want to hear on October 31st. They want to hear trick or treat. I want some so, candy. <laughs> so I want to throw out the question, man. Should we celebrate it as Christians? You know, we talked about being parents and I don't know if you get questions from your kids. I st- I get questions. Why can't we go and trick or treat? Why can't I be a Christian Character on Halloween, you know. What if I'm David? 
I, I, I'm still representing Jesus. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, this year is it's been um, pretty explicit. Um, you know, now my daughter's in kindergarten, and then she was like, she she she's a little she's a little sly with hers. Mm. She goes uh, on the way home. She goes, Daddy, I got a question. Is so everybody at school? Some people at school said tomorrow is Halloween. Now I don't. She was like, but I told them no, no, tomorrow's Sabbath, Daddy. What is tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, tomorrow. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Tomorrow Sabbath. And she was like, so it's not Halloween. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like, well, no, it's, it's Halloween too. But tomorrow we gonna celebrate Sabbath. And she was like, huh? But some people, <laughs> some people, some people do. And I, you know, I I see some comments celebrate Halloween. What is there to celebrate? What is there to celebrate? You know, people yeah. at work was, you know, they'll ask you too, like, hey, um, you know, what you gonna do with your kids? I was like, um, what you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are asking me, you know, what, how are you gonna give out treats with this COVID? I was like, I- I'm not. Uh, so, right. <laughs> but, you know, we, I think maybe for some people, you know, it's, they don't do it, but then for others, you know, they do trunk or treat. I've seen that being very popularized, uh, even what, you know, within the church. And uh, <laughs> we don't do that here. Yes, you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but some some people do, and some churches, in fact, uh, celebrate that. If you if you just Google trunk or treat, there will be a lot of churches that pop up where they that, do that is the, treating in the parking lot. That is the church equivalent, and so um, you know, I think that is an interesting thing. Is like, yeah, what do you say? You know, I, I think you um, explain to your children. I think at every level, right? I don't know if you ever seen those YouTube videos where they say like, where they like take a complicated concept mm-hmm. and they explain it at every level. Like we're going to explain nuclear fission to a kindergartner and then to a fifth grader and then to an eighth grader, to a, a 12th grader and then to a college uh, resident. And so I think you take that approach with your kids. And so you you have to find a way to explain um, across every level. Mm-hmm. And it's uh and if it's about the candy, I'm happy to go buy we have another comment. I'm happy to go buy candy tomorrow when it's discounted. <laughs> but it, it right. does bring up the, the question of you know for our kids, and I think it's it's difficult, you know, when it's not explained well to to little kids and even to I think young uh older kids too. They they want to go out, they want to be with their friends, they want to experience, you know that uh that thing oh my goodness i'm sorry i just saw this comment and i was just telling lovely this last night that in gathering i don't know if you if y'all remember in gathering in gathering used to happen on halloween which i thought was crazy y'all would go be out there doing in gathering putting lipstick up right (laughs) that's that in gathering you out you still look like you trick-or-treating right right and i I remember even uh, at my church, we used to do a harvest festival instead. And they would have this, this, uh, it was in, it would be in the school, the Adventist school gymnasium. And uh, they would have everybody indoors and they would have like this uh, fall festival on Halloween. So kids wouldn't, uh, 
feel like they were missing out or anything. They wouldn't necessarily give candy. They would, uh, you know, just it would just be like um, apple orchards, you know, type of style. Listen, my be at the church. My preschooler came home with a um, with this with this spider decoration, mm-hmm. and I was like, "But you go to a Christian school, boy! Like, what what y'all do?" And I, I think it they still in a lot of ways um, can't like almost like can't let it go, or like seeps in. Right, right, and I, and I think you know a couple of commenters have have have, uh, have shown it. You know, we you have to explain where it originated, originated, and discuss if it really brings knowledge to God. And I I think when it when it is understood what it is and why it is, it, it's clear what what you should do. But you know, not everyone researches it. So to that point, go research it, go understand you know right. the origins, go understand what people still do today, not just what's uh you know we're talking 200 years or something, but what's still <laughs> how it's still celebrated today and what it's linked to and uh, the importance, I think it's in Ephesians where it says, you know, we should have no fellowship, you know, with darkness, but, you know, uh, expose it. <laughs> so definitely keep that in mind as you're, you know, maybe deciding if you should celebrate it or not, take some time, research it, explain it to your kids as well. Talk to your kids. They can understand it. Please talk to your kids. And I think that's a, a big, uh, like a thing that just doesn't get expressed enough where people just expect kids in, to go by exactly what they say when I, cause I said, no, well, why not? Cause right. I said, no. and I get that sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Um, that, you know, kids can kind of go overboard with the whys and why not. But, um, you st- we still got to take some time to, um, to talk to them. Yeah, man. But yeah, <laughs> So let us know your thoughts. Of course, you guys have been. But of course, if you have more thoughts on it, feel free to leave a comment. All right. So we got to pay these bills, man. What's happening? What's going on in the area? Oh, man. So we got um, two special, special things going on. Um, if you live in Michigan and you are in the Flint area or you know somebody in the Flint area um, who is in need of food, I know we talk about one of the political things that people talk about um, to bring awareness is about these food deserts and uh, food inequity. Um, the Department of Health and Human Services in Michigan has been, um, I didn't really, I didn't notice until a little bit ago, um, but they've been doing mobile food pantries. Mm. Um, and so they do it a couple times every week. Um, you don't have to get out of your car. They will put it in your trunk for you. Um, and so every week in Flint, they got a couple churches, Bethel United Methodist, Asbury United Methodist, Greater Holy Temple, Luke's New Life Church, and the Prince of Peace Missionary Baptist Church. <laughs> I love so, the name. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So if you know somebody that, that's in the Flint area, if you're in the Flint area, uh, please check out one of those churches. Um, I think they do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um at those churches so you and there is a oh yeah you got the number oh Boom. sorry this is well this is one of the uh, oh, that's, uh, the, that's one oh, of the that's, other churches that's, that's <laughs> the the flint avenue church that's also up there they're distributing bags um but what's the number to the to the other ones you listed there were so many and that's what they i think were, is always were, amazing yeah. there's so there's a lot of churches out there doing it so definitely you know people need support it I don't know oh. if there was a number. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure there is. Um, 
But no, there wasn't a number. Just you just gotta holler at them churches. Yeah, so for holler sure. At churches, holler at Flint. I don't know what Dave Flint was doing there. And then there's churches in Detroit as well. Detroit uh, Northwestern Adventist Church is one of them. I know there's others in Detroit. I think there's others even in Pontiac we see in the comments that are also doing um, ministry and that have also been able to continue to do food distributions despite you know COVID. Because even with COVID, there's still people that need to eat. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, and again, like there's a lot of people unemployed right now. A lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, um, and, I, and I don't know if you recall, but earlier on during COVID, um, there were a lot of people, they showed pictures of like food pantries and the lines were long. Um, and so, yes, there's definitely some some disparity out there. So check that out. And then um, next we have also from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, um, they have their Be Kind to Your Mind campaign. So um, they recognize that this is a stressful time um, for a lot of people um, and that a lot of people are experiencing pain, anxiety and stress. And um, they are offering free counseling services. Um, so 24 seven. So no matter what time you have your issue, there's going to be somebody that's going to be there to answer the phone. And that number is 888-535-6136. And then um, press eight once you get in the line and they have counselors that will talk to you. And then they will also refer you to resources um, if, if you need it. So if you know somebody out there who needs help, um, needs to talk to somebody um, because everybody needs somebody. <clears throat> and so, go ahead, check yeah, that we'll out. And we'll leave those that uh, that information in the videos comments uh, after we post this video. So you'll be able to find those links to everything that we've shown, uh, both uh, with the food pantries and with the Be Kind to Your, your Mind uh, campaign, of course. And we will, of course, leave them in the note show notes on the podcast. So definitely don't forget to check that out. We are streaming everywhere you can find a podcast. You don't want to miss out. podcast podcast. That's right. And of course, you can go back and listen to old episodes like the COVID response team uh, where we talked about mental health uh, in relation to everything that's been happening with COVID. And of course, you can find us on all of the social media platforms as well. But it's time to get in our one of our favorite parts of the show. We have a special guest. Drum roll. All the way from Oakwood. University, not to be confused with Oakland University, as we've uh, talked about on the show. Haters. We have Mr. Andrew Pelleggi. Let's get him on the show. That's what I said. <laughs> What's going on, Good man? Good Welcome morning. How are you guys doing? What up? What up? Right. What up? I'm all right. Good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah likewise. Man. You can call me Drew, by the way. Drew. I like Drew. We know you. You a chaplain, bro. You <sighs> chaplain. Good day to you, chaplain. We want to show I'm you not, some respect. I'm not, you know? <laughs> I'm not huge. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I appreciate that, gentlemen. How are you guys doing this morning? Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks for asking. Yeah. You guys that, hear man. me? All right. Yeah, 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 we can hear. Yeah, you're yeah, good. Okay. We got you. We got you. Good, 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 good. Well, what's up, man? I ain't seen you since. 
Bro, I don't know when last time I saw you. I don't know. It's been a minute. I, I, I was looking at your face. I was like, I, I know we met. <laughs> I just couldn't remember when. It was, it was a long time ago, but good seeing both of you, man. We're just down here at Oakwood trying to do, trying to do um, the best we can for the students, for the staff, faculty, for everybody. And um, yeah, but we're doing well, man. We're just trying to navigate this uh, this pandemic, just like everybody else. And still Pandemic. provide quality education. <laughs> right. What? We turned the corner on that. It's, it's been here so. <laughs> it's been here so long, man. It's been here so long. Where it's like this is this is life now. So. Oh, but you didn't. So you didn't we're, hear we're navigating out, it. Why out there? We turned the corner on that. We done. <laughs> we done. That's that's it. That's old news, Drew. The, the White House is Yeah. No, we. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We turned a corner, but I think we're heading towards more. What direction we're going, and that's all. They need to update their GPS. That's what it is. Yeah, man. Oh, it's like the mayhem commercial. It'd be like, turn, turn right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But oh, we're, man. overall, man, we're doing good. God is still blessing. Um, and you know, he he saw this coming, so we just keep looking to him and. Um, doing Amen. doing what we can given the circumstances so so tell us what what is life as a chaplain like at at, at uh not oakland oakwood <laughs> university <laughs> life as a chaplain man well right now it's a lot of online stuff you know um generally there's a lot of counseling going on um we still do some counseling uh for the as much as possible, you know, if we can keep distance between the students, then they can come in the office, we'll counsel them there, face mask and all that stuff. But normally, it's a lot of counseling, it's a lot of um, planning of different worship events, uh, different ways to connect with the students, uh, not just the students, but also faculty and staff. Um, you know, it's just a lot of behind the scenes work. It's not, it's not, that's the difference between chaplaincy, at least Catholic campus chaplaincy and pastoring is it's more behind the scenes uh, you still have moments where of course you're up front you're praying you're preaching but that's that's uh, a lot less frequent than when you're pastoring and you're in the pulpit every week um there's a lot more counseling a lot more counseling mm. um and and it's actually something i enjoy you know i like helping people so that's been uh that's been a good thing but like i said everything has moved online for the most part now that we're in this pandemic because we gotta keep that social distancing. Um, but yeah, life of the chaplain, man, it, it's good. It's around the clock. There's a lot of visitation sometimes just supporting um, students and, and and basically anybody in the Oakwood community who, who has to go into the hospital for whatever reason. Sometimes we're up in the hospital re very late. Um, sometimes they're there's a crisis that hits the entire campus and you got to be available 24 seven until the crisis is over. So, um, there's a lot, there are a lot of late nights and early mornings. Um, but that happens from time to time. It's not around the clock all year long. Um, mm -hmm. and then of course we do mission trips with our students. So there's mission trip planning. We do small <laughs> groups. We do all kinds of stuff. So a lot of planning, some preaching, some praying, um, well, a lot of prayer <laughs> behind the scenes, I should say that, and uh, a lot of counseling. Like, yeah, you sound yeah, like, it's, like it's a good jack, jack of all trades. I really do. 
So you got to be like a jack of all trades to be a chaplain? Man, you do. You got to do a lot on campus, man. Um, Because in a sense, man, I mean, it definitely develops your skill set. No doubt about that. You, your skill set gets developed because you, you deal with so many different kind of situations because you got a large population of students. Um, and then, of course, like I said, you have the staff, you have the employees and everybody's living life and everybody's having different challenges. Um, we help students get home. I, I, I forgot to mention that we help students when they're in emergencies, they got to get home, you know, our office steps in and provide support in that way. Or if our students uh, are having trouble with their car and can't afford it and need to pay rent, we help out with that kind of stuff, too. So, yeah, you, you, you end up doing a lot and you end up doing a lot. That's cool, because, you know, like a lot of pastors, they they're like really good at this one thing. And maybe not so good at another, and then they just suck at something else. And so, <laughs> so like some some are good at crisis management. I resent that comment. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about you. We're not talking about you. We're not talking yeah. about you. But, but again, I know, like the, I know, I know, I know. That's 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 refreshing. To, it's refreshing to hear that you you're able to to kind of work on all those things um, and uh, and address all those issues because you know again it's like some pastors can't do crisis management or some pastors can't um do counseling and so to you know so what are some of the issues yeah. you've had to counsel people um with and i guess my question would be like what's been one of the the roughest things you have to deal with this year obviously covid but um but anything well, actually, specific before I, before i get to this year um a couple of years ago, you know, we had one of our beloved students uh, pass away tragically. Um, he's actually from the Detroit area. We came up there for the funeral a little while after, um, and it shook the campus up. Um, it was talking about crisis intervention. A lot of stuff as a chaplain, I mean, we received training, of course, and in, in seminary and all that stuff, but a lot of things are trial by fire. So, um, Few, a few years back, a couple falls ago, um, like I said, one of our students was tra uh, tragically murdered and he was beloved. He was a great, great kid, um, loved him to death and so did the campus. Um, he was he would just walk around, had a really positive spirit, was always encouraging people. And so he was very popular among the students because he, there was, he, was, he didn't play favorites. He was just nice with everyone. And so, yeah, I can remember the day of the morning of, I got a call at in the early hours of the morning and um, went to campus. We, we set, we set some satellite um, basically areas. We set up some satellite areas so people can come in and just pray or, you know, share whatever um, resources we had available to them. And there weren't too many people in in the hall that I was in. So I was just like, wow, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then as soon as I was walking out of the room and down the hall, it was in a dormitory. I mean, there were people in the hallways just hearing the news, I guess. And they were crying uncontrollably in the hallways. And I walk out to the lobby and there's people all over the lobby crying. And I walk outside of the dorm room, I mean, out of the dormitory and outside, there are people just, wherever they got hit with the news, they just couldn't do anything. They were paralyzed um, by pain. Wow. And so 
that was a tough <clears throat> that was a tough experience. I mean, I was counseling students left and right. I was getting text messages from students at night, and I'm texting. I'm text counseling basically, you know, um, yeah. and just remaining available to the students around the clock. We had to come up with, um, you know, I had to come up with a service, a memorial service, like really quickly. Um, we had a prayer visual. We had all kinds of things. And and the campus was just broken up and we got through it. Um, but it was it was definitely I mean, I feel like I earned some stripes during that week in terms of experience as a chaplain, because it was such a uh, man, it just came out of nowhere. Um, and we, we every year after that, around the same time, we'll still have a, a service of remembrance for him. So that was a, so far as a chaplain, that's been the craziest experience I've had, but I'm glad that the Lord had me here because, um, you know, I was able to minister to the campus and, um, and at the same time, memorialize somebody who was just a great person. And um, his name is Carvel Goodlow, by the way. He's from the Detroit area. And mm. and just want to send a shout out to his family and his friends in Michigan because he was an awesome kid. In terms of um, in terms of this year, it's a lot of the challenge has just been figuring out how to do what we've always done in a very different way. So how do we do the worships? How do we still um, connect with students? How do we deliver the spiritual experience in a virtual format? And so we've done mostly virtual, but as since we do have a lot of space at Oakwood, because it's a very beautiful campus and it's spaced out, uh, we do have we do have times when we can bring students together and just keep them social di socially distanced out in the open air. Um, and I don't know if you've had a chance to watch AY on Friday nights, but they, they've been working with it. Um, they'll, they'll have the group that's performing set up in a certain area, and then we'll just stream it out to everyone else. But we'll have a small group in an area. They'll stay socially distanced, and then we'll stream the service out. Um, in terms of counseling, I do counseling on Zoom. A few have been in person, but mostly on Zoom. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, it's that's been the challenge of it just trying to figure out how to do it in a in an electronic way and you know the thing about chaplaincy is one of the things that you do is it's in presence your your presence is what counts and it's hard to deliver your presence through a screen you know what i mean right and so right, i think that's right, one right. of the things that covid has taught all of us is that you know even before covid hit we lived on social media you know we lived on the screens right our screen right. time was astronomical and and now that COVID is hit, we realize, man, you know, we were on social media, but we miss socializing. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's, it's people. It's it's that's what it is. You know, people are getting tired. They want to be able to get together, and I think that's that's a good thing that has come out of this. Is we realize the 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 importance of the human touch and and mm -hmm. actually being together and coming off the screens, hopefully. When COVID does die down, by God's grace, uh, people will put the phones down a little more. You know. Yeah, that's the hope. That's so thinking. one of my one of my other questions, um, so, yeah. which I think we don't ask a lot, um, is you know, a lot of that stuff is heavy. And what are you doing for self care, right? You know, because yeah. to that like again, like that's just heavy. Like to deal with loss, to deal with grief, to deal with depression from other people. And so how are you taking care of yourself? Yeah, man, um, I'm a strong believer in therapy. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I do have a I do have a therapist, man. I check in with her from, from time to time. And um whenever is necessary, I'll follow if I need to do something medically for a little while, I'll do that. Um, of course, having a strong connection with God. And then as chaplains, we debrief uh, locally, me and my two other chaplains, that's KP and uh, Chapman Jean Bonzil, we, we have our debriefs once a week. So we have sessions once a week where we just talk to each other and um, basically pour everything out. It's a very sacred uh, confidential circle so we can have that and then of course my time with God and uh, making sure that I do things I try to stay active and stay healthy uh, exercise every week and um, make sure I'm out in the open air do things that I like I like to spend some time out in nature away from everything so I'll do that and uh, yeah that's that's what I do and so, I obviously hit up the barber very important and then all of the chapters I'm sorry this <laughs> Oh yeah, man. You know, you know the fresh cut. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got it at the barbershop up. Yeah, man. I was there yesterday, man. He, he he does his thing. I appreciate him. And he just came back because he was he was at a commission for a little bit. So, you know, I had to touch up my own barbering skills for a second because you know oh, yeah, couldn't you get couldn't, into the barbershops. Right, right. Yeah, man. So yeah. Um, I was going to say one last thing is all the chaplains, all the campus chaplains from across the entire North American division, we get together once a month and we do like a big debrief with all the chaplains. So there's that as well. That's, That's what's cool. Up. That's what's up, mm -hmm. man. The um, So, you know, you mentioned a very heavy, heavy topic, you know, with losing uh, with, uh, someone's life being lost on campus and, you know, COVID's happened. Mm -hmm. There's all these heavy things that are, you know, happening and it's good to understand how, how that's being perceived and how students are dealing with it and how you're helping them deal with it. And, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard, but unfortunately there's been other uh, heavy issues that's come up recently in the, in the church with uh, kind of the uh, Me Too movement, if you will, the Church Too movement that's happened in, you know, in the church and people dealing with, uh, uh, or at least allegedly dealing with, you know, grooming, and with uh, uh, affairs and all that, all that stuff is happening, but on a pastoral level, what's been the reaction on campus or has anyone talked about that on, on campus? Um, well, it, it may have been talked about on social media. And if so, I, I really wouldn't know because I'm not on social media. Um, however, what I can say is that we had our own uh, Me Too movement or crisis last year around this time. So last fall, there was a big uh, movement online, OU Me Too. And oh, wow. um, a lot of students, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I guess y'all hadn't heard about it, which is a good thing. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, it's like, oh, but not to, I'm not, and I'm not like, trying to make, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yeah, talk not about gonna it. That, he's like, you know what? He's like, you know what? There's nothing happened. We're good. We're good at old No, nah, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think the reason why I say it's a good thing is because I think that the university handled it well. Um, you know, it was a very sensitive, caring approach. Um, there were a lot of, um, there were a lot of accusations made online. Um, some of them were made, however, without uh, some, not, not all, only a few, 
you know, there was some that were made without anybody really coming forward. But for those who did come forward, there was support being offered. And, you know, as, as chaplains, I was there to to assist with um, counseling, um, walking some some of our students through the process. Um, but, yeah, we, we had our own crisis on campus last year. So the administration came together. We listened to the students to see, OK, what what can we do to make sure that the that our students feel safe on campus and then changes were implemented, things were done on campus in order to address those issues. Um, we strengthened um, our program to make sure that uh, students are educated even as they're coming in so that they know, okay, these are my, these are my rights. This is what I do if something happens. Um, there was more presence provided on campus. Uh, there was more secure, there were more security measures put into place. And um, and I think we've done well now. As far as what's happened recently, I haven't heard a whole lot, but um, that could be because you know our students are really just trying to navigate this semester, which has been very challenging. So I just think if it was maybe if COVID wasn't happening right now and students had the opportunity to to socialize more and not be so focused on on just trying to get through academically, then they would have time or focus for something else. But I haven't heard a whole lot going on. I think it's affected, I know it's affected me, but I haven't heard mm. too much about what's how it's been affecting the students. Now, I, I like that you said, um, it was encouraging to hear that you do, you know, you have kind of like a group um, of chaplains that come together um, to debrief. And I know part of what I was, um, you know, again, just commentary, you know, when when uh, we talked about this is that people forget that pastors are humans and and need, um, need sometimes, glasses. sometimes need, need glasses, <laughs> right? Sometimes need glasses, sometimes need um, therapists, um, but also sometimes need to debrief. And I think we 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 don't allow them to be human. Um, and and sometimes I think some pastors take that um, inhuman uh, response on for themselves and think that they can do it. And then next thing you know, they fall into some kind of trap. <clears throat> yeah. So you had mentioned that. It yeah, man, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you were taking it in. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, man. I, yeah, I was just going to say, bro, I'm all the way human. and (laughs) that's that's not something even even when i was pastoring man that's not that's not something i uh you know that's not the the perception i gave off even to my members when i was pastoring i I just didn't do that as a matter of fact sometimes they used to come to me and they was just like they they said they would get scared because of what i might say in terms of my own personal life on the pulpit but when i whenever i speak whenever i'm up front i just bear my soul on the pulpit you know so right. for example last year i think i spoke um at an ay and i was just like look y'all there was points this year when i was suicidal you know what i'm saying i was depressed i was going through stuff in life and i just try to put it out there because the last thing i want anybody to think is that you know like i just have like yeah i'm connected to god absolutely but that's what helps me get through the trials. I don't want you to think I don't have trials. I don't want you to think I don't go through things. Of course I do. And, and you know, I think we live at a point in Earth's history where it's just like, yo, man, forget the nonsense. 
you know, let's just be real with each other. Everybody right. is going through something. And the the biggest problem that I find is that we don't talk about this stuff enough in, in safe circles. I wish our churches were safe enough where somebody can stand up and be like, yo, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. I'm trying to overcome alcohol. I'm trying to overcome this or I'm struggling with pornography. I wish people could just stand up and say that kind of stuff. Because the truth is, we know a lot of people are dealing with it. They just keep it on the low because they feel like they have no way to talk to. Because if somebody mm-hmm. finds out at the church, well, I'm going to get this or I'm going to get that, you know. And 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 then when the discipline does happen, it doesn't usually happen in a loving and redemptive way. And so people don't want to come forward. They, you know, they they they're they're more concerned with the shame that they're going to have to experience than if they if they were if they knew that this is a place I'm going to receive support then they'd be more willing to open up about the struggles that they're having but as a minister I I always bear my soul on the pulpit now I'm not going to tell you all the details of my struggles you know cuz I want to stay employed but, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you that yeah um you know I, i'm i'm going to say yeah, I have struggles too. We're human beings. We're living on this earth. The devil is attacking all, all of us. And and so we need the support of one another um, in order to make this thing through. Because at the end of the day, man, as long as we can get to the kingdom, then we are right. You know what I mean? So I think that's an important part. Nobody's on a pedestal. Nobody has a spiritual experience that's on the next one. As a matter of fact, if we go to scripture, I mean, even Paul himself, towards the end of his ministry is talking about I'm the chief of sinners. You know what I mean? So he had a thorn in his flesh. God didn't take it away so he could stay humble and remember that he's human too, just like everybody else. And it's God's grace that carries us through. So yeah, I think that's important. Um, Nobody's on a pedestal. Everybody has struggles. And, you know, sometimes those things come to light, certain struggles come to light. And I'm not saying it's acceptable, but we ought to be able to provide support we ought to be able to pray. We we shouldn't, you know, I, I just hate this fact. And, and I think social media, this is why I don't, my personal thing is, and I know I'm probably weird for this, but I don't do social media at all. And part of the reason why I don't like it is because during times like this, then it becomes, it's, it's, it's almost like a show, you know what I'm saying? And it dehumanizes right. people. And I don't like that. You know, it becomes a, a topic of conversation and just gossip is spread even further. And it's damaging to people. You know what I'm saying? God forbid, you know, these ministers' um, children are on social media and they're seeing all these stories pop up. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I just don't like it. That's my own personal stance. Right. Yeah. And that's why we, we, we were talking about, like, how, you know, one, I know we talked about, like, how do, how should the church respond when, when stuff like that happens? And, you know, I think, I think you hit it on the head, like, where people, and even when one of the comments, you know, people are more concerned about the gossip um, than they are about the grace. Right. And yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that. And so I love yeah. that comment. It makes sense. Yeah. We got to focus more on the support. I mean, of course, the, the discipline has to happen. But like I said, um, even when we look at God, you know, with the curse in the garden, and, and anytime he allowed curses to come on the people, curses are meant to be redemptive. They're meant to draw us back. So when we discipline in the church, it shouldn't be just to get rid of some somebody. You know what I'm saying? And and even in the most extreme case that Paul references in Corinthians, where, you know, he said there was a sin being committed that doesn't even happen among the Gentiles. He said, you know, put the person out. 
so that they can, um, you know, they can experience, basically give them over to the enemy. But he wasn't saying like that person should be lost. He's hoping that in that experience, the person will be drawn back. And so that's the purpose of discipline whenever it happens, or it should be the purpose of discipline is making sure that whenever you have to take a measure, you also, you're also providing support. So it's not just to point the finger and say, get out of here or make the person feel ostracized or excommunicated, which is something we don't do, but that's sometimes the way in practice right. we do it. It's just like, <laughs> get away from us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As yeah. if we're, you know, some of our struggles are private. You know what I'm saying? But in the Bible, Paul talks about some sins that are done outwardly, but then he also talks about some sins that are done inwardly, like pride and envy and hatred and all that stuff. That's inward stuff. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But that's just as damaging. And, <laughs> you know, and, and some of the things you guys were talking about earlier it, as it relates to social justice, I mean, that's the result of racism and prejudice. Those are things that we can hold on to in our hearts and never ne necessarily act out on like some of these um you know folk who are going out and committing crimes based on racism and prejudice there are some people who never do that stuff but they're still carrying it around in their hearts and it's still dictating who they socialize with or how they operate even within the church and that internal stuff can keep you out the kingdom too will keep you out the kingdom you know what i'm saying if i have love for god but not for my brother you know what i'm saying right. that from the heart so just because we're seeing certain things come out into the light, um, we should not be judgmental because, shoot, I can lust after a woman in my heart and mm -hmm. still be just as guilty, you know? So, um, yeah, we need to change our approach, I think, and, and, and make sure that um, even as we're doing what we need to do as a church in terms of policy and all of that stuff, we also need to make sure that people are being feeling supported and not just the ministers. Let me say that, you know what I'm saying? We, we obviously, um, because I was on the side during the Me Too movement on campus where I was helping support the victims too. And we need to make sure that it's balanced. Like, first of all, the fact that this happened is, is terrible. And, 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 and that's why, that's how it affected me, man. This thing took me out for a few days, if I'm being honest. And I still think mm. about it because it was demoralizing for me as a minister, you know, because you, uh, it, it was just hard to to hear that that this was happening, um, and I was depressed for a few days. I'm just being honest. So, as much as I talk about the discipline and offering support to those who have fallen, you know, um, this has been traumatic for a lot of people. I had a conversation with someone not too long ago, and this was not a person who was a victim and in this particular situation, but had experienced something in the past. And this was this has been triggering for a lot of victims of sexual abuse who may not be related to this particular situation, but just reading the stories is triggering a lot of people who have unresolved trauma from, from the past. And just to mm. read these stories and to hear about the grooming and all that other stuff, it brings them back a place emotionally so i think that's another thing that our church needs to do right now is we need to make sure that we have enough support in place for those who have been victims of assault because some have never been able to really address or work through all of the things that come with that 
And so hearing these stories is triggering for people who 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 still have unresolved trauma as it relates to this or who have moved past it to a certain extent, but not all the way. And reading these stories has been very difficult um, and has brought up a lot of old old stuff. So I think that there needs to be a greater outpouring of support for all people involved right now. Oh, absolutely, man. That's encouraging to, yeah. to hear you say that, man. Um, I know before we we closed down for COVID, we I know our church was was doing a lot with um, we were kind of moving in that direction of being more trauma informed um, because, you know, and you can see it like in, in certain topics and discussions, um, you know, somebody could be speaking and then, you know, somebody will walk out or shut down. Um, and it's just, yeah. un, you know, it's not really clear, like what, what just happened. Um, but like you said, like people are being re-traumatized or triggered by, um, a lot of stuff and it's just not being dealt with a lot of times in the church. Like we, we focus on just delivering this message and, and don't do enough, um, actual ministering to people. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's You're right. Yeah, and you use a, you know, we've been using that word triggering a lot. Um, but I don't think we understand what it means, or some people may not understand what that means because it's 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 a popular word now. Um right. but triggering triggering in psychology and and, and um when it, as it relates to in. trauma. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Basically what it means when you get triggered is you know if you if you're stuck at a certain place emotionally, and there's two things I want to say here. The first thing I want to say is that the I want to talk about the value of therapy, um, Christian you know, Bible-based therapy. Um, it's so mm. important. And there is there are so many members that I've met in ministry. Because in communities of colors like ours, you don't, there's this, uh, there's myths about therapy and all of that stuff. So people don't really do it. People don't, you know, take advantage of counseling. Um, and so I've met people in ministry. Um, I've had members in their 70s, you know, 80s. And when you start talking about stuff like this, they're triggered because they never dealt with it. And the truth mm -hmm. is that if you never deal with it, it doesn't disappear. We have this idea that, oh, I'm going to just be strong and, and, and not, you know, not deal with the emotions that it has caused. Or just because I've moved past it and I'm working or I have a job or I have a degree and I have a house and all this stuff, just because I'm productive in society and I'm able to maintain responsibility as an adult, it means that I've moved past it, right? No. No, it means that you have you haven't. You just buried it deep down inside, and so that's what leads to you know the explanation of the word triggering. So triggering basically means that wherever I'm stuck at emotionally, if something in my environment or something I hear or I see um, sets me off or reminds me of that on a subconscious level, it doesn't even have to be conscious. So all that that wound that's still inside it has not been healed emotionally. I get taken back to that place. You know what I'm saying? So I can go through a momentary season of depression or all of a sudden I'm short with my kids or, you know, I start having issues at home with my wife or whatever the case is. So you get triggered and you get taken back. That's evidence that you have not been healed, that the wound is still open. Amen. Look at you. Know you. Look so, at you, man. I'm so proud of, of you. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of... I'm so proud of you. A lot of, a lot of our members are walking around 
uh, with un, you know with unhealed wounds, and mm-hmm. that's why we still secretly struggle with our addictions. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Whatever we use to cope, our, we have all these coping mechanisms and and whatever, and it all happens beneath the surface. Which is why I said earlier when you're talking about ministry, this is why I'm just like, man, forget all the nonsense. Let's just be real. We're all walking around with issues. A lot of people are broken. Never get the healing. They just cover it up with a degree. Man, come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's be honest right, right, about it. Right. Yeah, you're making six figures. You know, oh, yeah, you're making six figures. You got a nice house, nice car. Yeah, but you're still broken. You know, right, just, right, right. Just, just deal with it. You know, let Jesus heal. Let Jesus heal you from it. This is the last thing I'll say about it, because... Not only does it affect your relationship with people, it affects your relationship with God too. And and folks don't recognize that. Like, you know, when 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 I have brokenness, I put up barriers to protect myself so that you can't come near the wound. You know what I'm saying? It's like somebody touching an open wound. Somebody starts to come near it to poke it. Of course, you're gonna protect yourself. You're gonna push them away so that they can't get to it. So those internal wounds, we do the same thing. When somebody starts to trigger us in some way, we, you know, we go into our defense mechanism and we keep them at bay so that they can't get near or we change the subject or whatever the case is. It's the same thing with God, man. And and that's the mm. thing. The human heart can't differentiate. Uh oh! <laughs> somebody was calling me. Somebody was calling me. That's because they heard you spit that fire. The devil was interrupting. The devil was interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to say is, he can't. The human heart can't differentiate, you know. Mm. And so it affects our level of intimacy with God too. You know what I'm saying? When when God tries to come near to hear to heal that spot, that wound, mm. then we push him away too. You know what I mean? Until yeah, we get yeah. to the point where we'll allow him to come near because we've been trained through our experience that when somebody's coming near to that spot, they must be trying to re-injure. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to hurt. And so we think that God's trying to do the same thing. And so that healing actually draws us closer to God and then it repairs and restores the relationships that we have around us. So, you know, it would improve our relationships with our children, with our spouse, with everyone if we would just seek that healing. Boom. Wow. Yeah, that's a yeah. mic drop. Right. Exactly. Praise <laughs> God. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and I I can I, I can appreciate that too. Um as a as a social worker, like you 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 hit it right there on the head, man. You know, I can't remember, you know, I used to do counseling with and therapy with uh with juvenile justice and juvenile justice. And a lot of those kids um would come out knowing more about triggers and past events and how it affects them better than most adults who who go through therapy. So um so yeah, man. And I and I think I used to say to a um a friend of mine, you know, there's nothing different between that kid who's locked up and us the only difference is like they know why they need treatment we just ignore Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah. That's deep. Yeah, man. You definitely you definitely dropped the word this morning, man. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely uh listen, man. That's why I'm not saying much. I'm just listening. I'm like, man, you're yeah. preaching to, to, to me right now. Nah, preaching to my uh, soul. Exactly. <laughs> nah, man, that's a that's a blessing. We appreciate you dropping that knowledge on us and tying in, you know, that uh that spiritual and therape- therapeutic, you know, uh uh information we need and i think it's missed a lot of times and what you did right there man that's what a chaplain is ladies and gentlemen that's what there you go there you go that's that's what he do if you didn't know now you know right Mm -hmm. right. baby and uh, i I know you're not on social media but uh if people want to hear more uh of uh your your sermons and more of your uh your counseling where, where is there a way for us to find you online yeah, absolutely. Um, the office is definitely online. Um, so on Facebook, uh, at O-U-O-S-L-M. That's on Facebook, at O-U-O-S-L-M. And of course, the university has a, a Facebook page. So um, youtube.com backslash Oakwood University. Uh, we do online services every week uh, called Connect Church. So that's something we started during the pandemic. Uh, Kitty started that back in may of of this year and we've been continuing so every week we'll have a service online which is different than the traditional service i mean we do have so we have a short praise segment we'll go into a season of prayer we'll have a short word but the main focus of connect is to connect with each other so we'll have a panel of of students a lot of times and of course the chaplains will be on there as well and what we do is we take questions from sermon and we discuss it and you know find ways to apply it to our lives so that's the main focus of that and so we actually have a service coming up today at 5 p.m central time so that'd be 6 p.m um and if you go on to the to the facebook page or the youtube page you can actually catch not just the connect services but any of the other services that we've had um you can catch the rebroadcast so that's where you'll see us there um and what was the what was the name of that o-u-s-l-m on Facebook is at O U O S L M. So Oakwood University Office of Spiritual Life and Mission. That's the acronym. So O U O S L M. And you'll see some videos there. Um, got a couple of devo- devotional videos up there. Um, and then we got a lot of rebroadcasts from our previous services. Um, and then our AY services are up on the YouTube page as well. So yeah, you can find us. And um, we do have a website as well, OUOSLM.com. You can see us there. And uh, yeah, man. So that's how you find us. So so we just put your information out there to a lot of people who don't go to Oakwood. Um, mm-hmm. So do you do you do you do you accept outside? <laughs> oh, absolutely. All well, outside I mean. Yeah, abs- oh, you mean for like counseling and all that stuff? Yeah, because because listen, bro. man, people, <laughs> you you haven't seen the comments. People are like, "Yo, can we get part two? You know, where can I where can I hear more?" Listen, man, I was about to put oh. your phone number up in a second so people yeah, can call you. Dur- do not put my phone number up. <laughs> <laughs> do not put my phone number up. But I will say, I will put out um some personal information because yeah, man, I mean, I'm I'm out here to help people. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, if somebody wants to connect with me i'm cool with that you put my email up it's um a c pelegi a c p i l e g g i at gmail.com a c p i l e g g i at gmail.com if somebody's out there and they want to you know set something up so that we can um you know we can counsel a little 
for Zoom or something, man, I'm here to help. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we're all in this together and I'm I'm all about cutting through the layers of of nonsense and getting down to what folk are really dealing with. And, you know, we've all dealt with something. I've dealt with stuff myself um, and I'm still dealing with stuff myself. So in any way I can help, man, I'm available um, as much as possible. You know, I still got two kids, so they take up most of my attention. But I'll set something yeah. up with you I was if I can. About that, man. I thought I might have heard a little some pitter patter in the background. No, nah, you ain't hear nothing. <laughs> <laughs> They're not here today. Oh. They're not here today. They're with their mom. But yeah, um, I do have two kids, uh, and they're with me every other week. But yeah, um, but I'm That's I'm here. Up. I'm available. So. That's what's up, man. Well, we appreciate yeah. that. And unfortunately, we got to go. We got to end the show, man. It's It's been real. We don't want to end it, but know, we, right? we got to go. So we, we appreciate right, We appreciate everyone rocking with us today and getting a, a blessing from Chaplain Drew. Chaplain. Listen, man, my whole my whole perspective on chaplains have changed, man. I'm going to go to work. I work at a, a hospital. We got a chaplain there. And I'm be like, bro. Mm-hmm. Let me let me hook you up with somebody. <laughs> man. Nah, man. And, and and the chaplains in the hospital, man, theirs is even harder because they're a lot of times they're on hospice care. So that means they're dealing with families that yeah, are yeah, yeah. about to lose somebody. Yeah, man. So yeah, they need to debrief like an entire day out of the week. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, yep. it's crazy. Well, so, yeah. thanks for having me, y'all. I appreciate y'all. Oh man! Oh no! It's, for it's sure, this has been a blessing. Um, so don't forget to um, follow us on your favorite podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, all the other ones, um, and share with your friends. I know this was gonna. This is probably gonna be. I think I predict this is gonna be our most shared episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping that man. This was this is a blessing, man. It definitely spoke to me. So definitely share, like this video. Uh, tell people about it. We're, all, we're also, of course, on YouTube. And uh, of course, of course, don't fear the bad news. Uh, keep a, uh, what does it say? Keep your heart <laughs> and mind focused. That's right. You got it. Yeah, and and go. always trust in the Lord. Oh, wait, I want to do something different, man. Just just because it's Drew and be, just because I feel blessed. I know you feel blessed. I, I know they, they feel blessed. Uh, Drew, could you take us out with a prayer for the broken? All right. Yeah. I'd be happy to. All right, family, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for um, providing us with the high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Um, Jesus didn't just, uh, he didn't, he wasn't content staying in heaven. He came down on earth so that he can experience what we experience here on this earth. And even though he lived 2000 years ago and um, was in a very different setting a a very different world. Um, He didn't experience social media like we do. He didn't experience um, the same set of circumstances that we have now, but it doesn't really matter the type of circumstances we face. It's how those circumstances make us feel. So he felt depressed. He felt discouraged. Um, He felt like giving up at times. Uh, And we read about those experiences in scripture. And he felt it to a point that none of us will ever feel. So he can relate to us because um, he knows how he knows what it's like to be a human. He know he he's he's experienced the full range of human emotions, and so he's able to minister to us because he's sensitive to to the experience that we're going through, 
Um, some of us experience loss. Some of us have experienced abuse of some kind, uh, whether recently or in the past. And you are able to not just sympathize, Lord, but you're able to minister. You're able to heal. You weren't just, you healed all kinds of people when you're here on this earth. And it was a lot of physical healing, Lord, but you're also able to perform emotional healing, spiritual healing, psychological healing. All of that is is available through you. And so for whoever is listening or who will listen to this um, podcast and to this prayer, I pray, God, that you would remind them that healing is available and that you're standing there waiting to deliver it. Um, just give us the discernment to know when you're coming close to heal so that we don't push you away thinking that you're trying to hurt. Um, so that we can get to that place of healing, which will impact the relationships that we have all around us. And uh, of course, will lead us to deeper levels of intimacy with you. Please forgive us our sins and where we fall short as a result of our brokenness and lead us to a place that we will be able to walk, walk in a manner more worthy uh, of your calling. This is our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Man, amen. And on that note, that note, we will close the show. As long as I got you.